One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. Oh, you shocked me then. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about season two of The White Lotus. Uh, Remember, there will be plenty of spoilers, so take that as a warning and proceed with caution. But before all that, Declan... I'd love to know what you've been up to since we last recorded. Yeah. Um, I wasn't <laughs> sure how much you were going to stick to the script. Because I changed it since... Being since we... <laughs> I got, hang on. Let me get into podcasting mode. Right. Let me get here. So, we haven't recorded in a while since we did the episode on... Andor, which was a while ago now, 10 days ago. So you can imagine yeah. we've watched quite a lot of stuff since then. But I will warn everybody that the amount of cinematic stuff we might be watching over the next couple of weeks might go down due to a little show known as The Traitors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're obsessed. <laughs> we have watched five. Yeah. I think so. Every time one finishes, we're like, okay, well, next one. It does that thing Netflix does where it's like, Mm. they're on a cliffhanger, so Mm. you can't help but want to watch another one. But, so we're watching that, so we'll probably keep everyone updated on what's going on with that. Just before we move on from it, though, I'd like to give special thanks to Claudia Winkleman for delivering possibly the campus TV show of the year. Yeah, very much so. And that's when we're talking about White Lotus, which is a pretty camp show as well, mm. I would say. Um, but for me, we finished Happy Valley, which was great. And I've just saw the trailer, to the full length trailer today for the third season that's out on my birthday, which looks great. How did you enjoy the full length? <laughs> <laughs> Our family listened to this. <laughs> The full length Trailer. was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, I'm halfway through Wednesday, still not making much progress because I'm not finding it to be like appointment viewing for it's one me. one of those rare occasions where I actually get through a TV show before you. Very rare. Mm. Yeah. And are you like, did you like it? Oh, yeah. No, I did actually quite enjoy it, to be honest. Um, Does it get better? Yeah, I was quite invested by the end. I am surprised. It's like a low stakes type show. Yeah. Like it's all set in a school, so what's the worst that's really going to (laughs) happen? And I'll leave it at that, listeners, if that entices you. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, It was good. I just find the Adams family like a really fun set of characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've also started and nearly two seasons into Motherland which I find absolute, like, 
I don't sleep as well as Ned, which I know we've touched on before. So I'm quite often watching telly till 1, 2 in the morning while Ned's knocking out the Zeds. But, and I was so afraid of waking him up when I was laughing at Motherland last in the last few nights because it really makes me laugh. <laughs> and the reason why I decided to watch it now is I saw that they're doing another Christmas special this for this Christmas coming up. And I knew they wanted to... I've all, It's always been on my list. So I thought, oh, if there's another Christmas special, I should try and catch up. And mm. I find it so funny. I find it too embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's unbearably embarrassing sometimes. Like, you cringe. Emphasis on unbearable. But when you... When you... When... Kung, whatever her name is... Diane Morgan. Said to... The main character, what have you come dressed as Hillary Clinton for? I could not breathe. <laughs> so it was honestly so funny. So I'm watching that. Just in case you ever wondered what kind of TV viewer Declan is. He laughed so much at that Hillary Clinton con- comment that he rewound it at least four times. <laughs> so funny. Because I like to test if I still find it as funny, like two, three, four times after. Well, that passed the test. I really did. I really (laughs) did. Um, We also watched Spirited on Apple TV+, Plus, which I really wanted to hate, but actually quite enjoyed and ended up giving it three and a half star and letterboxed. Thought it was unbearably charming um, and quite a nice... Is your word of the day unbearable today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. I've been around you. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> um, so I would recommend that if you're on Apple TV, which not many people it are. It was like the Christmas Carol adaptation nobody asked for and nobody needed. And yet, I quite enjoyed it. The lyrics were really fun. Yeah. Like, none of the songs were... Do you know what? If it wasn't a musical, it'd have been shit. Yeah. Like, none of the songs were like... I've been singing them loads since, like, no, The Greatest Showman or something. But my toes were tapping. Yeah. Yeah. The songs were either shit or fun. And to me, that is a is a good Christmas musical. Yes. Good. Um, I watched the 2022 version of Pinocchio. The, sorry, there's two 2022 versions. You did, did you? We did, sorry. The... Um, <laughs> Disney live action remake. Now, we are doing an upcoming episode, which we've mentioned before, about our Battle of the Pinocchios. Um, I'll I'll preface it with this version, is I really don't understand why Disney even bothered. Scathing, I know, but I didn't really like it. I didn't like it, but I do... Because no, I'm going to talk about this more on the episode. But because like the old one was so full of alcohol and cigarettes, I can see why they would remake it. Yeah, but the ch- it had oh it wasn't very good. It. We're going to get into yeah. it in the episode upcoming. Yeah, um, and then a final one I wanted to mention was she said, which was very very good. Um, I went to see it on my own. You did because we didn't get to see it together, did we? No, diaries we didn't. didn't align. Mm. Um, and like it very much reminded me, you know, I love a newsroom drama. I like Spotlight. Um, and this was a bit like that, but having the recent, you know, it hasn't been that long since this story was... It really managed to get me in the, in the emotions. 
yeah like a roller coaster of and i just thought it was fantastically told and i think a lot of people when they heard it was coming out were quite nervous that it was like putting another abuser on a platform and stuff um but i would say to anyone concerned about that not to worry because in this film the microphone is always in the hands of the women affected yeah and it didn't even like it barely even mentioned Harvey Weinstein's name. And it, even when he went into the office, like, spoiler, didn't even show his face. He no. was like, it really did not give him any chance to explain himself at all, which... He doesn't deserve. No, exactly. So that's all my bits. I don't know. You've got some in your notes where we've watched them together, if you want to tell us more. What did you think of Matilda the Musical? No, Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. I thought the 20 minutes I watched was lovely. Um, Tonally, it wasn't really my thing. I will say I did give it a letterbox review, which I don't think is fair. Yeah, as Ned is hinting, I fell asleep. Only because I was just so tired. (laughs) Oh, sneeze. Bless bless you. Um... But I gave it two and a half star for probably the half an hour I saw. But I literally, not just like fell asleep a little bit of a nap, at least an hour of this film, I did not even... Declan, you were snoring and I couldn't wake you up. It was just like, it was really cold outside. I had my big puffer jacket as a blanket. The seat reclined a bit. The... Oh, the way I'm holding my arms, I feel like Jennifer Coolidge again. Um, <laughs> we'll get on to that. <laughs> um, like, it was toasty in there. It was cosy. Mm. I had a hard day at work and mm. I just felt myself going. So I just yeah. submit to it. <laughs> Lovely. Um, <laughs> carrying on the Christmas film new release vibe. Violent Night. Oh, yes. I forgot we saw this. Yeah, I thought it was so funny. It was good. It was good. It was like John Wick meets the Santa Clauses. Oh, meets that's Home a good Alone. comparison. I thought it was Home Alone meets Bad Santa or Get Santa. Maybe Get Santa. And Red. Red? You know that one with Dame Helen Mirren? No. And it's set in the snow. I've only ever seen it once, I think, years ago. Couldn't tell you a single thing about the storyline other than the snow and guns in it. So, But you knew enough to do it. It made me think of it. Right. And so that's how I made that comparison. Anyway, I would recommend people go and see Violent Night. It's making great it's money as well at the box office. And it was a budget of only 20 million. I it was think cracking. We'll get it was really release. funny. So... And it continues the uh, the theme of Eat the Rich that we've seen in 2022, which I am here for. Yes. Very much so. Very much about dismantling that hierarchy. Yes. A few others have watched. God, there's been so many. We went back and saw Top Gun Maverick because they've re-released it and we saw it on the screen X at the cinema. So that's when... Is it just a Cineworld thing? I think maybe some of those cinemas, but not all of them do it. But... So the screens wrap right around, so you've got about 270 degrees of viewing pleasure. Um, <laughs> oh, it was all right. Shall I rank my 
experiences of all the different Cineworld screens. Yeah. IMAX is top. Absolutely. Cannot be beaten. Yeah. Middle, 4DX, because it makes a shit film fun and bearable. I would like to see a good film on 4DX, though, just to see if it ruins it. Yeah, that's true. But to me, the Screen X was a little bit of a gimmick, which is weird because you would think the 4DX would be more of a gimmick because, my God, it is gimmicky. Mm. But I just found it didn't add what I thought it would have done. And you would think that a film like Top Gun Maverick would have been one of the best films to showcase it off as best as possible. Yeah. And it just... I almost found it quite distracting because I was looking well, and at also, the side for things in frame and, I, yeah, I don't you think sat, I'd do it again. If you were sat any further forward than we were, you might as well have just been watching it on a normal screen anyway. Because yeah. you miss half of the fun, really. Um, it wasn't as immersive as I think the let on that it that that it is. No. Um, Having said that, I thought Top Gun was quite a good film to go and see in it. Yeah. If you wanted to believe you were sat in a in a fighter jet, you could have done. Yeah, but if Top Gun is being shown in IMAX mm. at the minute, I would um, recommend seeing it that. Yeah. And I know it is in some places, so. Yeah, and that helped me decide. I know we haven't seen Avatar The Way of Water yet. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, but I think having watched Top Gun Maverick for the third time, I'm starting <laughs> to solidify my top 10 of the year list. Oh my God, I've not even had time to stop and think about that. It's getting there. It's morphing. I'm hoping Avatar will make it into the top 10. Mm. And the reviews are quite good. And I've just mm. read that Empire give it five stars. So mm. roll on Saturday. Um yeah. Lovely. Uh, I had my brothers up to visit for the weekend because it was Grandad's 80th. Oh, yeah, you did. And we watched um, a nostalgic classic, Monsters vs. Aliens. Have you ever seen it? Was that the one with... It's got Reese Witherspoon in it. Oh, no. Why was I thinking of the one with Dylan O'Brien in? I don't know who Dylan O'Brien is. Something monsters. It's also got... I want to say Seth Rogen, but I could be wrong. I don't think Seth Rogen is right. Why don't you give it a quick Google, Kate? Mm, I'm not very good at filling Dada and Googling at the same time. I'll though. fill Dada. So we had a very, yeah, speaking of Ned's granddad's 80s. Oh, it is Seth Rogen. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. And to... it has Rain Wilson in. I don't know who that is. From The Office. And Paul Rudd. Oh, I know who Paul Rudd is. Anyway, it's really fun um, and enjoyable. And it was nice to watch it. Because um, Louis always puts the things that we used to watch as kids on when he visits. That's Hi, Louis. Cute. Hi, Guy. Happy birthday, Grandad. Yeah? Yep, all good. One last one from you. I mean, I've been watching The Love, Death and Robots. Can't stand that show. It's really good to see different animation styles. I can see that in loads of different places. I really enjoy the it Death there. And Robots. But it's easy because they're only like 15 minutes long. Not anyway, I actually watched a zombie one and it's not worked its way into my nightmares yet. <gasps> That's good. That means we can start watching zombie films. No, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't, because actually if you watch this, it's only seven minutes long and it's actually adorable and it's hilarious. Oh, okay. Anyway, okay. 
Um, okay, so that's what we've been up to, what else we've been watching, as I always like to put in some movie slash TV news. Mm. Um, this will sound geeky, guys, but just bear with. So I think we've touched on before that it's all kind of changed over at DC Studios, mm. and they've brought in James Gunn and Peter Safran as the new kind of producers they're hoping they're going to be. Um kind of the new Kevin Feige of DC and it sounds like Wonder Woman 3 is happening but it won't be Patty Jenkins directing it again because the studio didn't like her script treatment So, and they asked her to oh. rewrite it and she walked away so that although apparently it sounds like Gal Gadot um, is still going to be Wonder Woman but that might change it sounds like Henry Cavill's cameo at the end of Black Adam might be literally the only time you see him because a sequel to Black Adam doesn't seem likely because it hasn't taken a lot of money Um, Jason Momoa we might see Momoa we might see him as Aquaman for the last time um, with I've the second one, I've still not seen him for the first time yet. Um, <laughs> so that you know, it sounds like we're going to get pretty much a reboot, and the real focus is on wanting it to be an interconnected universe, similar to what we see in Marvel, with some TV shows and some films. Focus on quality, not quantity, and all that kind of thing. So I'm actually quite happy about it because. I think one character that they don't rely on very well, which they should a lot more, is Superman. And I'd love to see some really good new Superman films. Mm. Um, God knows what they're going to do with The Flash, because it comes out in next June. Comes out, sorry, next June. And Ezra Miller, they've been having quite a lot of headlines at the minute, and they're playing The Flash. Oh. So I'm surprised the film's even coming out, to be honest. But, I was used to fancy Ezra Miller. Well, he's not a good guy, or he's got problems anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, it sounds like it's all all happening, and we should get some details of what their plans are very soon. Um, mm. So I'd like to see DC get a bit more into, into shape and a bit more consistent. Oh, also, they did mention that the Batman, the Matt Reeves Batman universe with Robert Pattinson and the spin-off TV shows they're doing won't be touched. They'll be like a separate entity. So they're not going to be in the DC Whatever universe. it's going to be. No, they'll be like a, a different one temporarily. And also Joker, which we got the first picture of. Joker 2 this week in filming. Still never saw Joker. And I put on our story, I was like, show us Lady Gaga. I don't care about Hakeem Phoenix. Oh, she I've in seen it? him. Yeah, she's playing Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah, I did know that. So yeah. show us what she looks like and yeah. then I'll be getting excited. Oh, you know, they'll be holding on to that one for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She's probably locked herself in an asylum as a bit of research Method. for a bit. Um, so, yeah. I think that's everything then. What a time we have had. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were giving me the eyes to keep me on script. 
But now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. And what have we got this week, Ned? Cocaine bear. Okay, let's go. Just the fact that, that someone's called a film Cocaine Bear. Anyway, I thought listeners... it was a film about Canal Street, but apparently not. <laughs> See you after the sparkles. Link in the show notes. Watch along if you wish. Yes. Have you pressed record? Oh, I have now. Oh, well, we're back. That looks fantastic. <laughs> Are we going to see it at the cinema? Yeah. Are we going to take a bottle of hard liquor and every time they say fuck, take a drink? Yeah. Because, I mean, in the trailer they said about eight times mm. and that was in two minutes. It's very much a red band trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise is, based on true stories, cocaine falls out of a plane and a bear takes a load. Well, it doesn't like eats take it, eats it. Um, and the bear goes on a rampage fueled with cocaine. Um, it looks absolutely stupid, bonkers, funny. I can't believe they've made the film, but I think it'll be really popular. It was talked about a lot. It's going to be social. so popular. Yeah, it's going to be so shit though. Do you think? Like, in a good way. Like to me, it's three star film. Potentially two. Yeah. But I love, like, an animal film. I'm kind of hoping I it's like one. I like a shark film. I like... Oh, silly. Like, anything attacking anything. I'm gutted we missed Beast with Idris Elba this year. That oh, had that lion, lion, which I will catch up on at some point. Can we stream um, it yet? I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. But, King, we've got a list as long as our arms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah um, anything else is it trash or treasure for me it was very much treasure it was the kind of trash that makes it treasure mm, um, I'm trying to think of a the sort of trash you want I don't know compost it's like it's like junk food yeah good because it's bad yeah I agree. So, I mean, it's not going in my treasure trove. Is it not? I'm not mad at it for it. Interesting. Cocaine Bear, then, out in February. February 24th. Well, that was the US release, but I don't know when we'll get it. Oh, I was going to... It was a question, actually. Oh, sorry. Is it 24th or February 2024? Oh, February next year. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. And now, for this week's headline feature, The White Lotus Season 2, coming up right after this break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The White Lotus. Yes. <laughs> no, listeners, it's not the trailer. Or oh, is it the title sequence? It's me. It was Jacqueline. Um, yeah. Should have got my flatmate Connor to do it because he's actually quite impressed. I was impressed so impressed. I thought it what I'd started in the living room. So <laughs> we get on to the second season of Mike White's award-winning, um, what was it? Classed as Outstanding Limited, our anthology series. I was going to say, is it an anthology well, series? Well, it started out as limited and was so won popular. loads of awards and was so popular. Um, they brought it back now as an anthology series where it looks like each season will be a new location mm. with new characters, mm. potentially some characters from the at previous seasons in staying at the new hotel with new characters in there. Mm-hmm. This second season is set in Sicily, um, which I would say like almost plays a character in itself. Like the location is very much it has a strong sense of place. A lot of the Yeah, if it was set anywhere shot, else it wouldn't have gone the way it's gone. You think? Well, if you don't agree with that, then it doesn't have a strong sense of place. No, gone the way it's gone, I thought you meant the plot. I didn't think the plot isn't affected by where it is. I just well, that's meant that, what that, a strong like, sense of place means. No, the strong sense of place to me is like when New York is, a, is another character in the film. Yeah, which means that the story is shaped by the location. Oh, right, yes, I get what you mean. But <laughs> I wouldn't say this couldn't happen on another holiday No, but resort, it would have gone differently. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. So, (laughs) I think the best way to tackle this one is to kind of discuss some general thoughts, then kind of discuss the different groups of characters that we've got, and then say, did we see it ending the way it ended? Mm -hmm. So, the first... Oh, so for those of you who don't know... Which, why are you listening to this episode if you don't? But basically, White Lotus, in both seasons so far, starts with a dead person. Um, well, yeah, we don't know if it's a murder, do we? You don't find out who or why they are dead until the end. Yeah. Okay. So general thoughts for me is, again, this is one of the best shows of the year. Um, the writing in it is... 
very much like so a lot of these people are arseholes like a lot of them yeah. but it's so well written that even the worst possible person you almost think you're very much to me operating in the grey area nothing here is black and white it's like there's a reason they're acting like they are there's something yeah. that's got them to this point in their life or something they've got to prove or something psychologically that they do you know what I mean like yeah none of it is two dimensional I quite at like all. that because it's like a lot of the kind of I think this saying this again this falls into the eat the rich type theme of yeah, 2022 and I think what a lot of eat the rich stuff does is only show rich people in the bad light so that you can eat them and enjoy it. Yeah. What this does is kind of illuminate how people's privilege shapes them being dickheads and doing dickhead things. Yeah, it's almost like let's you could call all this eat the rich thing at the minute a critique of capitalism. But this almost oh, shows... We're getting in deep straight away. No, but this almost shows, like, the people that benefit from it massively mm-hmm. are also trapped in a system that isn't good for us. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're always wanting to go to the next level. It's unhealthy for their relationships. Can't it's, trust it's anybody. Un- yeah, you can't, like, talking they about Tanya, like themselves. character. She thinks everyone is after her money. Um, like... Yeah, we're all just stuck in this. No, the thing about Jennifer Coolidge's character is she doesn't realise everybody's after her money. But they all are. I think she does twig. She does twig eventually. Because she says about those gays, she's like, oh, I like them because I know they're not after my money because they're rich themselves. (laughs) We'll get to that (laughs) later. Um, So, yeah, general thoughts kind of... It's great. I'm happy it's coming like back it's for a shot. third season. Yeah, it's I very like the beautiful. Soundtrack. Yeah. I like the sound design. Like there's always a shot of waves. Yeah. That really sets you on a on a sets you at ease. Um, even when they're all being uncomfortable rich people. Yeah. Um It's just great. Yeah. It's really great. So let's talk groups of people then. Who's your favourite? The one I liked to watch the most is everything that Jennifer Coolidge is up to. (laughs) But the story that I thought had enough, like, the layers is the Ethan, Cameron, Harper. Oh, God, what was her other name? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Daphne. Yeah. That kind of the two couples dynamic i thought that was really interesting to watch so mm. i think most entertaining jennifer coolidge and everything she does mm. but the actual one that's the juiciest for me was was there my those two couples what about you well you know how jennifer coolidge was in season one and came through to season two yeah i think if anybody comes from season two and season three it's going to be daphne do you if it's not, I would like it to be Mike White. Do you think listening. she'll have left Cameron? Don't know. I think she might go on a girls' trip. Oh, that would be interesting. Mm. Skiing. With all the women that she doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, well, shall we start on those four mm-hmm. as, a, as a group? Do you want to... Well, when I saw it was Aubrey Plaza, 
I was very pleased. Yeah. I like Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she is cool. She plays deadpan very well. Yeah, she does. She's got um, excellent kind of energy. Yeah. Almost abrasive. And I like their story that... Like, the start of the show, they were almost jealous of the other t- of Cameron and... Daphne. Daphne. But then they almost end up looking at their relationship and using their relationship to be to realise how comfortable they are with one each with each other and become uh-huh. attracted to each other again. See I don't know if I got jealousy off them. I think they looked at them with like, Oh, look at you. You're those people who money has really changed. We're not gonna be those people. And then they went through those sorts of changes that they were criticizing Cameron and Daphne for. And then they reconnected. Yeah, because I They thought... kind of used the whole arc to find each other again. But I think their newfound wealth and their discomfort with being newfoundly wealthy came through. But yeah. they didn't lose their sense of integrity even when they started to fall apart midway. Mm. Interesting. Did you know that Will, who plays... I'm really bad at all these names. Ethan was the one was directed the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Do you remember that with all the cats? Oh, he directed that. Yeah. Oh, I like cool, that. It? Um, yeah. There's feature no, film writer that. and director. Um, you learn something new every You'll day. You'll never guess where I recognised Mike White from. I know when we were watching that that behind the scenes video of White Lotus yesterday, and you were like, "Oh, Mike White." I was like, "Oh, I'm surprised you know who he is." But School of Rock. Oh, another one that me, Louis, and Guy will often watch. Those two are my like brothers, the by the way. For for those of you who said quite that, twig. <laughs> I know, but I got told off for using names without qualifiers. Oh, before, so. here we go. Here I'm just trying go. to be on my best behaviour while we record. <laughs> um. Theo James's character is an absolute knobhead. Um, and you get to see his It's not his, head. unfortunately. No, it's obviously a prosthetic. Well, it didn't have to be a prosthetic. It was about six feet long. It wasn't that big. Mm. No wonder it caught the attention. Of the internet. Of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daphne's character has caught the attention because I keep seeing funny things like people pay for years of therapy to be as just with like blissfully carefree carefree as her yeah um which i do think is quite funny yeah um yeah um do you think her and cameron did anything when they walked to the island in the last episode her and ethan ethan yeah uh no no i don't know no I don't. I liked how it's no, you never know. Like, like, ooh, is that juicy or is it not? Yeah. Um, Let's go to someone who I did really, really, really like. Who my favourites were? I did, didn't I? No. Oh, go on. Who's your favourite? Valentina. That's what I was about to bring up. So that's that's a perfect segue. Question. Um, She was. She doesn't really have like her own. As much as a story as some of the other characters, her... My favourite thing about her that made me laugh every single time is that thing she does with her mouth. What does she do? She kind of smiles, but then as she's, like, unsmiling, (laughs) 
holds it in a really weird, <laughs> awkward, like, I don't know why. She can't quite sit at ease with herself. And I just found it so endearing. She was funny. And then t- she to think so she, she got a bit by the end because she was a bit uptight and, you know. Yeah, and then she chilled out after she got laid. Yeah, um, was quite fun about it. Big up the lesbian representation. <laughs> There's plenty of LGBTQ plus incest <laughs> representation in this show. Not to equate. Not to always know. link LGBTQ plus <laughs> with incest. No, I just... Yeah, I don't know what I meant by space that. <laughs> on this her podcast. Um, but yeah, she was she was really good. I liked um, just her deadpan delivery and mm. how she clearly doesn't like Lords of the Guests, which is quite similar to what happened in season one. Um, well, I mean, those of us who've worked in hospitality are quite familiar with that feeling. Imagine in the kind of places like this yeah, as well. in like a White Lotus hotel. I yeah. imagine they're even worse. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really, I really liked her. I thought the way she kept going up to that receptionist to hit on her was just really funny. <laughs> oh, I found that so cute though when she bought her that brooch from her favorite shop. Mm, I know, I know. So yeah, it was um, funny. So let's use these groups to to link in to different ones. So obviously, she had this lesbian adventure with. Ooh. Mia. Mia. Who's best friends with Lucia. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a poem. Mia and Lucia. Um, these were kind of our local hustler, sex workers, kind of... Well, I got the sense that Mia isn't a sex worker. She just wanted to sing on the piano. But she was, like, tagging along with Lucia for this weekend, trying to get over her recent ex-boyfriend or something like that. Mm. Um... Dabbled a little bit, but I like, wasn't there for the sex work. No. But she did join in. Yeah, that's what I mean. She dabbled a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, I very, very much liked um, Simona Tabasco. Is that who played her? As Lucia. Oh, Lucia. Um, I thought she was very good. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous, well. yeah. No mm. wonder she turned heads what around to the pole. What an Italian beauty. Yeah. Um, there was some quite, you know, good comic relief with them too as well to kind of lighten it a bit, yeah. you know, when Mia accidentally gives that the, the pianist. pianist a load of drugs that wasn't Viagra. Um, Went for a Viagra, ended up with a cocktail of... God knows what yeah, was in her bag. Knows what. Um, so that was quite funny. Um, yeah, they were just good, good characters that kind of broke the intensity up a little bit. I think they were quite crucial to the kind of the web of storylines going through yeah. as well. Because without them, there wouldn't have been a clear link between um, the two couples we've already talked about and then the three oh, yeah, generations of Italian-Americans yeah. living in Sicily, who, uh, living in LA, who came to visit Sicily to see where they are from yeah because obviously yeah she slept with Cameron as well didn't she yeah um and um, and then she then moving on to the 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 three generations we've got F. F. Murray Abraham as Bert de Grasso Bert right 
I didn't actually catch his name the entire time. Then we've got the grandson, Adam DeMarco, as Albie. Yeah. And then we have Michael Imperioli as Dominic, who was the sex-addicted Hollywood producer. What I quite liked about this is, obviously, it seemed that Bert, the granddad, very Mm. much absolute womanizer, not a particularly nice person, sees women as an accessory and anything he can use. He's the type of guy, though, I didn't get the impression he was, like, predatory. Just that he was a man of his age who had no interest in learning how to be more evolved. Whereas his son, I got not necessarily, well, a lot more predatory, like... He was a sex addict. He obviously had a lot less able to set boundaries. Not very respectful of women. Yeah. And then the son, the grandson, Mm. Albie, who I thought was adorable and sexy and lovely. I liked him until the end. Is the kind of socially awkward, nice guy. Trying to be everything. That the men in his family aren't. Yeah. And what'd you say um, he succeeds? To, to a point, but then I think at the end it really hinted what you know, when they're all in the airport queue what? and they all watched that beautiful woman walk past. To me oh, that it was like that. to me that was like, Oh yeah, well, for all you can try, you're still your father's son. Oh, He's jaded. Now he's being played by a woman. So now he's going to become just like his dad and granddad. Which I hope he doesn't. I don't know if he would necessarily go as far to become his dad or granddad. But I do think that he won't be as... um, Like, ardently the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, Dad, I understand why you did that. The dickheads, I paid 50,000 euros for her to get her out. I paid 50,000 euros of your money. Of your money, (laughs) which he said would be like pocket money to him anyway. Yeah. And he did manipulate his dad and said, I'll get mum to speak to you again if you give me the money. he got his mum to speak to his dad again, which is manipulating an important woman in his life. Yeah. Again, we're operating so in that I mean. grey zone, I liked we? him until the end, and then I suddenly realised it's all for his own gain. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of him and his, he obviously had a bit of a fling, as we've touched on, with Lucia. Mm-hmm. And But to start the season, him and Portia, the yeah. worst-dressed millennial on the internet... Um, oh my god, I saw a meme <laughs> of Porsche's wardrobe and it was um Oh I've never Ash- seen them dressed. It was Ashley Tisdale when from the era when she was in um Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah. And it was trash. It was like denim skirts at weird lengths, it was um sequins, sequins everywhere, it was horrible cheap t shirts. And, like, people don't dress like... I don't know. I've never seen a millennial dress like that. Oh, maybe you're not running in the right circles. 
But I just, I just thought apparently there were some of her own clothes, which is quite mortifying for her. But um, yeah, okay. so did you ship them to start with? Because I did, but obviously it looked that Portia like, she was more after her. Interested. No, no. I think she was just on vacation. Tanya was hiding she her in a hotel room. No, but like hiding her in a hotel room and she rang a friend and the friend yeah. was like, just have sex and have yeah. hot guys and he yeah. is hot, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked her. I thought she was. I thought Portia played a good part. Um, yeah, you know, like a naive, insecure, working as someone's assistant while she's young and doesn't really have an idea of what's going to happen in her life. Yeah, um, very much only there because of her job as well as um, Tanya's assistant. Yeah, she wouldn't be there. Not be there right. otherwise. So she was out of her depth, not really in her natural habitat, and couldn't really do anything because Tanya needed her close, but wouldn't let her. Yeah. Be close for the first half anyway. Yeah. So let's talk Tanya then. <laughs> Our amazing <laughs> Emmy-winning for the White Lotus season one, Jennifer Coolidge. Um. She is just fantastic in this and I can't believe it's the same person that played Stifler's mum I know she's been in other stuff since then how can't you believe that's the same person like I know she looks like it but to go from something that's so shit as American Pie yeah to like some of the best telly in the last 10 years I think a more surprising transition for Jennifer Coolidge is I think she was in don't trust the bitch in apartment 23 or whatever that was yeah you know where they worked in a waffle shop no well i think she was in that a little bit and that was properly trash like not funny and she wasn't funny in it either to go from that to actually some very skillful acting is a more shocking transition interesting having said that and i won't say this often but jennifer coolidge is one of the actors i can forever forgive and really hope never changes when she plays Jennifer Coolidge as Jennifer Coolidge as Jennifer Coolidge in whatever she's in. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, she is quite... Oh my God, she was in that gay Christmas film last year. What gay Christmas film? Single All The Way. The one... And she played Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, like The Ant, wasn't she? Like The Drunk Ant. Yeah, Yeah. I like that film. That was funny. Um... Yeah, it was quite funny, actually. Oh, my God. I wonder if that was Aunt Tanya. I wonder if that was her name, because that would be a weird kind of meta thing. Yeah. Probably not, though. Um, But, yes. um, So, she arrives on the holiday with her husband, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do Jennifer Coolidge impression at all. Greg. But you did it so well earlier. No, it's You're the You're making it's noises the movement and doing a weird face. <laughs> um, so she arrives on the holiday with her husband, Greg, um, who clearly isn't really that interested in her. Married her for the money. Yeah, said she need, he needs to go back to the States and leaves her there in Sicily. What then happens is he goes in one episode and in the next episode she makes a load of gay pals 
um, headed up Quentin, headed up by Tom Hollander, who was also impeccable in this acting wise. Is that who he is? Yeah. Um, Seen his face, and I know the name, and I've never put the two together. Yeah. And at this moment, I wouldn't say it was the first episode these gays arrived, but I would say it wasn't long till I started to think there's something up here. Mm. Um, You know, they're almost grooming her, really. Well, yeah. And what I don't understand is, is the Essex boy, who's now with Portia, now she's looking for a bad boy, is that actually his nephew? I couldn't really tell. I think yes. I think he's probably from Essex, didn't really have much going on in his life, so he's come to Italy to live with his uncle, who's been more than accommodating and has turned out to be, um, a, well, a groomer, the groomer that he is. Yeah. Um and has probably manipulated him into that. I mean, that scene when Jennifer Coolidge pops her, pops her head round the door and sees <laughs> him getting... The memes I saw about <laughs> that. Seeing him get bloody raw-dogged by his nephew. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, God. They must have a very good um, intimacy coordinator on this show. Because they must have to be very trusting, because they are well, quite plenty of sex. full frontal sex, and that's what I will say. And it say. is quite convincing sex yeah. as well. I will say in the second season, there's a lot more sex than the first season as well. Yeah. So, um, it's a lot hornier in Italy than it was in Oh, that's Hawaii. the thing. The first season, the hotel manager was gay and had sex. The second season, the hotel manager was gay and had sex. <laughs> A gay person working in hospitality, Ned. I don't. No, but like the exact like... same character well, who wrote yeah. that. Yeah, Mike White. Um. So yeah, they kind of take these group of gays. Kind of take her to all these things that she's always wanted to do. She goes to the opera and sits there crying. Which that scene where she's looking oh, over I and waving was really funny. Yeah. Um. She goes to like a a bar with. She takes Portia because obviously Portia's with his nephew Jack and she says that really funny line which I still laugh that's one of the strangest voices I've ever heard (laughs) and I was like was that ad-libbed because if it was (laughs) that was fantastic Um, he couldn't write that it was just yeah it was just really good but I did start to think there's something up with these and as we will now get to lo and behold they had kind of lured Porsche used Jack to lure Porsche away mm-hmm. and the plan was to murder Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Because it was a clause in her prenup with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> if they divorced he'd get nothing, but if she died, he'd get it all. Oh, that's where we find the microphone drop moment is Jennifer Coolidge finds a picture of Tom Holland as Quentin with who looks like Greg John Greer's her husband Greg Hunt mm. and she's like he looks exactly like Greg so really Tom Hollander's character always mentioned about falling in love with a cowboy and that was her husband 
So he's been playing the long game. I didn't even make the link for the cowboy thing until you just said that. Yeah, he's been playing the long game. Wow, they've always been in love. Yeah. Gosh. So, you know, it was... um, Yeah, I mean, anyway, they bring this guy in from the mafia who's clearly not going to hesitate to kill her. Even though he's just had sex with her in the previous episode. Yeah, when they were all high. I think that was like... On a lot of coke. Yeah. Cocaine is a theme in this... This episode. ...episode. Um, Did you see it? Did you see it being Tanya, being the one that was in the sea, drowned? Um, Not really, but before we watched the last episode, I'd seen what I thought was maybe going to be a spoiler, and it turned out to be the spoiler I thought it was. So it kind of, that ruined it for me, but I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. But then that's not saying much because I'm usually crap at that kind of thing anyway. I think when we live together, what we'll do is, to avoid spoilers, we'll get up and watch it before work. Like shows like this. Shows where you literally can't go on the internet without seeing something. Don't look at me like that to say you're never going to get up on a morning. I didn't need Um, to, you said it yourself. (laughs) But yeah, um, I thought it was a perfect way for her to go because there were so many things she could have done to stop herself from falling from that yacht. She could have have got down off the back, swam round to the dinghy. She could have took those heels off for a starter, but she didn't. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, (laughs) she just... She tried to climb (laughs) down onto an escape vehicle that was at least two and a half metre drop. Yeah. And was next to a set of stairs. And she wasn't that far off the coast. She could have swam realistically. Like that other one did. Yeah. Because seawater keeps you buoyant anyway. Mm. So, can't, you know, she was silly. But it was quite... I suppose she was in panic mode. Yeah, but she just quite apt killed the, the way people that went. were going to kill her. She just... Yeah, the way she came out that. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> It made, me, it made me laugh, like snort laugh when she fell in the water. I know. <laughs> she went like a sack of shit. Um, and then that like artsy, like she's already dead at this point, just sort of floating. Oh, I know. And the music is gorgeous and the lighting's gorgeous. And it's just a, a shot of her face, which on your TV was massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was silly. Oh, very um, silly. No, I very much enjoyed it. I am actually quite shocked at how popular this show is. Not because it's not great. It's just, you know, it's on Sky Atlantic, HBO. It's quite so, an effort to get through as well. Yeah, it's like, it, it's basically an hour of people talking, but it somehow has become the most kind of memeable yeah. show that everyone loves, gets renewed dead easily because the ratings are crazy. Mm. Um and it just goes to show, and like, I really like, you know, episodic weekly television, and I'm glad it does still exist. I'm glad everything isn't just a, there you go, binge it, because mm. I think everyone kind of discussing it every week and seeing what's going to happen gets people really excited for the next one. Mm. Um, so I think it really lends itself to that way of viewing. Um, Where can um, we watch it? It's currently on Sky Atlantic, Now TV. Anything like that, if people want to catch up or rewatch, um, and apparently there's quite a lot of like 
seeds planted throughout it mm. about her foreshadowing what's coming. So it would be quite interesting to now know how it ends, to go back and see what it's what happens. But for me, there's far too much more. Maybe I'm just to... gonna hope that somebody on the internet somewhere does a little ten minute YouTube video. Cuts together all of Tanya's scenes and just we see what happens. I'm sure that will. Yeah. Any other comments? No. No? Um, any hopes for a third season? Obviously, you've said if you'd like one oh, character yeah, to go, it would be Daphne. Mm. Um, I don't know who... I'm not particularly... You know, if Portia was like... Don't an, get me wrong. An if au pair in Italy. But if none of them come well, that'd back... that would be exactly the same thing, wouldn't it? If she not, well, she's not going to be like a wealthy whatever, is she? No, so, no, but if none of them came back, I wouldn't be mad. But if one of them does i hope it's daphne yeah i think only because as well like the casting's really good on this show so if we get a completely brand new cast yeah. i wouldn't it'll still be good yeah be very good and that's all for this time if you have enjoyed this episode of gaze on film please subscribe rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Gaze on Film Pod. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do drop us a message. Especially on this one. <laughs> I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.